What's up, everybody? This is Jetpack Nick, and you're about to tune into the Hollow Talk podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you all for tuning in and showing your support. I hope you enjoy the episode you're about to listen to. Be sure to subscribe to the Hollow Talk podcast to stay updated with new episodes. Thank you, and we love you all. Welcome, everybody, to the Hollow Talk Podcast. This is Jetpack Nick, and I'm here with a very, very, very special guest today, my guy, my main man, Mr. Jordan Morgan. Say what's up to the people. What up, people? What's good? <laughs> How you doing, man, first and foremost? I'm good, bro. It's been a long week, but, um, you know, first week of the new year so far, I think everything is going great and is really setting the trajectory for what we're going to have going on later in the year. Absolutely. All right. So let's just get right into it, man. So for the people who don't know who you are, can you let them know who you are, what you're about and what you do? For sure. Uh, so former NFL player, uh, current MMA fighter, currently in the middle of writing a book, uh, currently an account executive for a media agency. So I'm uh, got my hand in a lot of different pots right now, but uh, ultimately enjoying the ride so far. Okay. All right. So we could go a lot of different ways. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let, let, let's just start with the first one. So former NFL player, right? Let, let's talk about that experience. I'm going a, I'm to a give you the floor and you can just tell me all about that. And then I'll follow up with some questions afterward. For sure. For sure. Um, was drafted in 17, uh, mm-hmm. retired in 21, uh, spent time with the Chicago Bears, the Tennessee Titans, and the New York Jets, even went to Canada for a split second. Yeah, all the cold uh, places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, for real, <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, but no, it was definitely a dope journey. I think uh, coming out of college, it was good for me to experience that because it showed me what life could offer if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and make some things happen for yourself. So I think that was pivotal in my development. Okay, all right. And you're from Philly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Born okay, and right. And you went to Kutztown. Yeah. All right, so let's let, let me actually ask that question because you know not too many people come from Cutstown to come from D two yeah. schools and goes to the NFL. So I'm gonna ask this question. So coming from a relatively small school, when it comes to producing NFL talent, right? Like, what's the major differences or the different experience that you had from somebody that comes from a a school that produces a high quantity of NFL talent? For sure, uh, there's a lot to be honest. I mean, obviously yeah. at the end of the there day, football is football, right? But um. When I like when I think back to college, like you, sure people were fans of the team, but it wasn't like Alabama where you got like half the nation like loves you. Mm-hmm. Like um, you really were just playing for the love of the game, and it wasn't like everybody was getting full rides because Division Two, so you you don't get a full ride. You still got to pay to go to school. Right. Um, you really just playing for the love of the game. But I started to see how different for uh. D1 guys, like when I played in a senior bowl, it was like this all-star game with like all the best talent mm-hmm. in the country. So I was there reduced from like Bama, Clemson, like LSU, Georgia, like all those powerhouses. And uh, the life was different for them because them boys, like they was like, they've been like stars since the second they walked on their campus, mm-hmm. like media follows them, like the resources they have, like my school's locker room is so uh, like so raggedy and bogged down. Looks like you get a fucking infection if you walk around on that floor. <laughs> Um, they're actually in the middle of renovating it right now, or at least they have plans to, so good okay. for them. But um, I, I would say, like, just how football is perceived by the campus and really, like, the nation. So, again, like, talking D2 football, like, if you talk D2 football, a majority of people aren't going to know any of the teams, whereas if you talk D1, somebody's going to know some of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that type, of, this, that type of publicity and then uh, – just like their resources, like uh, you see these fully decked out locker rooms and weight rooms and like cafeterias with just like literally upper echelon, like best of the best. Like this is literally going to, mm-hmm. as long as a player commits to the process, like he's going to be a great athlete just because he has amazing right. resources ahead of him. Um, I don't think, obviously, you know, small schools, small schools can still produce really good players, but uh when you're at a powerhouse like uh, any of those other schools, you just have way more resources that put you in a, a much better position to become a great player. Okay, so so would you say that? Uh, okay, so I, I don't, I don't want to discredit nobody work ethic and not like that. But do you feel like coming from a small school, you had to put in like 
twice the work to get to the same places, which is the NFL ultimately? Yeah, uh, so I think no matter where you're at, you got to put in a lot of work. Right, that, that's why I said I don't want to disrespect but, nobody. But I, but I will say I, I do honestly believe that for small school guys, it is different because you you have less chances for people to see you against great competition. Like if you go to Georgia and say you play Bama, if you have a good game, everybody sees that. They right. know a lot of people in Bama are going to the league. So automatically, like, you have credibility now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, at Cookstown, like, I could play against some dude from Bloom, but they're going to be like, all right, that's some dude from Bloom. Like, who, like, who the fuck is this guy? He's not going right. to be anybody. Um, So you – I had a coach who would, like, say this to me a lot back then. Like, you have to um, – the way you get them to notice you is by never losing a rep and always being dominant. Absolutely. And – you know, like it's it's very simple advice, but it's not always that that easy. Mm-hmm. But um, he he is right. Like I think if somebody can put on the tape, and I don't even know who you are, but the first thing I'm like, like who is that guy? Like that dude's mm-hmm. having a game. If you're doing that every week, like yeah, that's how you end up there. Um, like even in my case, like I didn't. I played like three games in high school. Like uh, had no idea what I was doing. Like tried out for a team, got hurt, um, walked on a cuts. And every week, my whole thing was always about just being the best player. Like, I wanted to see who the best guys were, see how I stacked up against them. And, like, if I if I did good, I'm like, okay, that's good. But, like, I need to beat them next time. Or if I beat them, I'm like, okay, I know I'm, I'm better than that level of competition. So, like, what's next? And that's kind of what um, brought my attention to the NFL, honestly, because it was never in the plans until, like, probably like toward the end of my junior year where I'm like, damn, okay, like this might really be a thing. Like I had like agents trying to like hit me up, um, scouts coming to practices here and there. So I'm like, damn, like this might actually be something. So, so for you, like specifically, like what was that moment where you was like, yo, like this can really, really be a thing. Or like, what was that game that you had that was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I I was killing shit. Like, (laughs) I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say it was a, a specific game, but I think like halfway through my senior season, like every team from the NFL had stopped by our practice at least once okay. just to watch me. And um, at that point, I was like, okay, like they're coming to check me out. Then like half, then like a few weeks later, I got an invite to the Senior Bowl, and I'm like, okay, like this shit is real now. Like mm-hmm. there's there's real interest here. There's really going to be an opportunity for me. Um, and at that point, like, you don't know you're going to the NFL, but you right. know you're going to have a shot to play in front of people who evaluate mm-hmm. that. Um, and that was all I ever really wanted in the first place. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this, right? Because I, you know, I, I see people ask these questions all the time, but I want to ask this because especially since you're from Philly. So what was the best player that you played against in the NFL? Who was the best player that you played against in college? And who was the best player you played against in high school? Um. For uh for the NFL, I would say the best player I probably played against was uh I never got a chance to play against AD, but that would have been awesome. Uh there's this dude named Grady Jarrett. I don't know who he plays for now, but when I played, he played for the Falcons and they he's on like some fat like fifty, sixty million dollar contract. And um, we only played against each other for a few reps because they ended up taking him out of the game. But I just remember thinking to myself, like, he didn't get a sack off me, but I'm like, he, that, he, was, he was damn close. He was close. Times. I'm like, damn, like, this is more effective. Like, just firing off that ball. And I'm like, on a few times, I'm like, you know what? Like, this is dangerous. Like, he's legit. Like, I got to be careful out here. But um, so, that's, so that's the NFL uh, for college. I would say, uh, and this guy might still be playing, actually. His name is Julian Halter. He played for Clarion, and he uh, he spent a little bit of time with the Jets and uh, then went to Canada playing for the, the Hamilton Ticats. And uh, he's like a stud for them, like edge rusher. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still playing now. He's done a lot of good things for them. Uh, high school, I really can't speak on because, again, like I said, I got – I, I I played three games, but I really should say I just got in three games. Like I wasn't okay. actually playing. I yeah, right, okay. I had no, okay. no, no prior uh, football knowledge or background. No idea what I was doing really? or what was going on. I was just happy to be there, to be honest. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
it's crazy how like that's how it started and then it became this whole thing okay no see and, and the reason i'm asking this because uh I, I don't know if we talked about this at rec but i was telling you that my brothers played football um mm. high school college and uh my oldest brother got a shot for the uh, for the league uh for a little bit too um so as far as i'm concerned they're the two best players i ever seen <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. in high school you know they was you know they, they was amazing so uh, that's why i asked that because i thought you might have might would have said their name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, no but you 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 went to you went to public school in, in high school right say that again you went to public school in high school right uh so i went to parkway northwest okay it's no right. longer a school now but uh like it's a small school so for sports, they did a they merged a lot of their teams with Germantown High School. Okay, all right, gotcha, yeah, because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, my brother's playing the Catholic League. That's why I was asking. Uh yeah, the Catholic League is like the best football in uh, Philly, though. Let's be honest. That's what. Oh, I right, see. They gonna yeah. they gonna love that. They gonna love you uh-huh. saying that. <laughs> okay, all right. No, that that's dope though, man. So, cause you know, like just thinking about it, you know, like when when people ask these questions, you know, you always hear like the familiar names, you know, oh the JJ Watts or the the ads, like you said. But you know, saying a name that's like not too many people know, it, it's interesting that that to hear why that is and why do you think that is per se when it comes to you know you really being on the gridiron and you seeing the different levels of talents from guys who may not you know had the name recognition or may may not get the shot to be that guy for sure like I think the thing is and I say this to people all the time like no matter what sport it is like if you're at the professional level even the players you don't think are good are still the best players in the fucking world right like sometimes it's just a matchup issue where it's like they're going against somebody who's just really good at the thing that they're the worst at but they're still good Mm -hmm. at it like they're not bad at it um so Sometimes people might appear like, all right, this guy had a bad game. And say, okay, well, like he's also playing against the other best guys in the world. So like, you're, it's going to happen sometimes. And um, some people, obviously, you know, like you can have a group of 10 people and one person might just be better than everybody else in that group. Right. But if you, if you take that one person from every group, there's also going to be, and you make another group of 10, there's going to be one person in that new group of 10 mm-hmm. that's better than everybody else in that group too. Facts. And uh that applies to everything. So you figure only the best high school players go to college. Only the best college players go to the NFL. And even within the NFL, only the best players, like some players get immortalized. Like you look at the, yeah. the JJ Watts, the, the Aaron Donalds, like the Tom Brady's, like there's just some guys who it's like, yeah, this is league is the best players in the world. But then there's like the best of the best. And that's that, that 1%. Watson. Exactly, like the one percent of the one percent, and that, those are the guys that like. That's why you hear about it so much. Okay, you know, because like you know, just being like a like a fan, or you know, just the average fan, they would watch the game and be like, "Who the f- this guy's a bum or whatever," and not mm-hmm. like not even thinking like this. He would he would rip your head off. No, for real though, yeah. <laughs> like know. I remember, oh fuck, I forget the game. I was watching one game where they kept talking about how. This uh, this one D tackle wasn't good. Like you're saying, he's getting blown up by like, the other O line. But I'm literally watching him. Like, bro, like last week he got five sacks. Like he's not a right. bum. Like he's just not. A, it's just not his game. Like he's the fucking superstar, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> You know, and, and like, you know, especially like when I have uh, professional athletes or, or former professional athletes come on, like I definitely like to have you guys talk about that aspect of of, of the discipline, because like I said, people just watch it and be like, oh, like I could do this or like, you know, just the crazy thoughts of like mm-hmm. what y'all do isn't as special as it really is, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I definitely like y'all to come on and, and share your, your personal sentiments about, yeah, this shit is, you know, a lot more special than you think. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like anything else in life, really. Like if you, if you hone a skill, if it looks easy, it's because, like, you're just that good at it. Right. So the other people, oh, like, well, I can do it, too. All right, well, come try it. No wonder you can't do it. Like, if you look at somebody juggle, I've never heard somebody watch somebody juggle and say that seems hard. But I can't. But if you give me more than two things, I can't juggle to save <laughs> my fucking life. And that's exactly how that plays out. No, yeah, that's a fact. 
you know, and, and, and speaking of which, though, uh, we probably should have started off with this, but, you know, I definitely want to send a prayer to DeMar Hamlin, too. You know, sure. you know, that that was that was something that I, I think put things into perspective for a lot of people who, who haven't seen anything like that up close and personal before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I, you know, I've, I've been around sports my whole life, you know, with, with my brothers and, you know, other people who I know play sports. So, like, I've seen different injuries and, you know, all types of different things. So but seeing that was very, very different, like for me, as, as well as I'm sure it was for everybody else. You know, so I definitely want to send a prayer out to him and, and his family and, and everybody else that was involved too, the the Bills sure. in Cincinnati as well. Um sure. speaking of that too, uh for for you, like like when you seen that or like like I don't know if he was watching the game, but when you seen it or heard about it, like what went through your mind when, when you when you found out what happened? Yeah, I remember uh, like first when I saw it, I remember on social media people were talking about like head on collisions in football and I'm looking at it like like that wasn't a head-on collision. Right. Like this is like this is something else, and that's what makes it scary. Because I mean, it's scary regardless. But if it's mm-hmm. helmet to helmet, you're like, okay, like it's probably you know what it is. Yeah, got knocked out. But I'm like, he literally made the tackle, got up, and then collapsed. I'm like, that's that's something that's, that's not entirely. Normal. Yeah, and that's scary. Um, and finding out that uh, you know, like he's he's actually breathing now. Like they were able to get to him in time. Right. Like, essentially, save his life. Um, it's just crazy to think about because they uh, I've seen like in different articles saying like yeah if you if you receive an impact a certain way to your chest like it can stop your heart and mm-hmm. cause other issues but then you look at something like football where it's like that's that's happening every play yeah that that, that was um, that was a routine tackle a routine yeah tackle. literally literally like there's nothing either it wasn't even like a an explosive like it's right. all explosive but it wasn't like a hit that made you go oh shit mm-hmm. so that's why I was like what like what just happened. But um, I guess it does serve as a reminder that, you know, things like that can happen in any contact sport, depending on, obviously, might not always be that exact same scenario, but contact sport in general, like, we love them, but they are very, there's a lot of danger, or there's a lot of danger to them. Absolutely. So I, I, I want to go into uh, the, the, the mental health aspect of, of, being a, a professional athlete as well as just seeing some something like that, right? Because these guys got to suit up the next week and go back out on the field and, and play again after seeing something so traumatizing, right? What do you feel like that does to the mental health of the the the, the NFL players that's experienced that or seen that or just go through the daily grind of having to be a professional athlete? Right. Um, it definitely takes a toll. Um, I imagine that's the type of thing like you see that and you think we got to take it easy in practice mm-hmm. just to like be mindful of each other. Because um, here's the thing about being a professional athlete. Um, you are still human at the end of the day. Like, Absolutely. Even, like the sport is your life, but you also have a life outside of it. And sometimes the two can bleed into each other in terms of like uh, struggles and like issues. And I think that 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 situation, that Hamlin situation, definitely adds a lot more on everybody's plate. And you you kind of get two guys. You get the type of guy who, you know, like this does really affect him. Like not to say that nobody, no no player cares about. Him. Like all the players care about it. Absolutely. Like we just do because the NFL is a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. But um, you have guys who are more empathetic towards it. And then you have the guys who are a little bit more hard nosed and like, okay, like this sucks. Like I do feel bad, but we got to focus on this playoff run or like right. the Super Bowl. And that's a, a thing with pro sports that I personally hate. Like it's, it's tricky because at the end of the day, you know, it is a business and mm-hmm. there are all sorts of things are on the line, but at the same time, I think that super macho tough guy, we got to move on, focus on our goal thing can be, for lack of a better word, toxic sometimes. Right. Because, like, don't get me wrong, like, sure, like, you're you're playing the season for a reason, but, like, what just happened is fucking real, and that yeah. could happen to anybody. So like, just take a second to respect that and, like, actually give that the attention it needs and be able to decompress from that the way that you need to 
Yeah, and, and that's why, like, for me, it was a, a, a real important point for me to, you know, address that and have a conversation about that because, again, not too many people just can, can wrap their mind around professional sports alone, but, like, all the things that come with it and the, the things that we may not see you guys go through uh, on a daily basis because I'm, I'm pretty sure it takes a whole lot of mental fortitude to stay disciplined and, 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 and maintain your intensity level each and every week or each and every day for that matter to prepare for that, you know, Sunday, Monday, Thursday game or whatever, you know, so that that's why I, I definitely want to take this time to give you the space and opportunity to talk about those things and uh, put it into perspective for people who may not know what those challenges are for you guys. For sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's something as a player, like you've been doing it for a while, so you get excited about it. But the preparation that goes into it is a lot. And in my own personal case, I think this is also just attributed to the fact that I was younger at the time. Was like mm -hmm. I wasn't very good at separating my personal life drama from like my football issues. Like, I would have things happening in my personal life that would affect my mood and, like, how, like, how effective I was in football sometimes. So I, I would be inconsistent at times. Um, and I think that, honestly, like, that's not an uncommon thing because if you look at all pro sports, like, majority of guys who get drafted in are young as hell. Like, you're mm -hmm. literally kids. And there's still skills and things about you. There's still skills you don't have and things about yourself that you don't know yet. Whereas I look at a lot of the ways I felt in situations I was in as a player, whereas now I feel very prepared that if I were in those situations, again, I know exactly what to do. But back then, I was just drowning. Right. It's like I, I just couldn't separate the two worlds. And it sucks when you can't do that because it's like, Again, it's a business. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, like, yeah, boo-hoo, go play good or else. Mm -hmm. And that adds a, a completely new layer of stress to it as well on top of whatever else you have going on. And um, and I, I don't mean to make it sound like a sob story, but I know many guys I've played with who have been through that. So I can imagine, and knowing that majority of the players in the league have had a career similar to mine, more so than like the the 1% of the 1%. Right, right. Um. I know that they felt that at least some point in their careers. Okay. And, and um, I, I know that, that we was talking about the book and we're going to transition into that with this, but for you transitioning out like from football to going into regular life and having to find new passions and, and, and things of that sort, uh, how easy was it for you to transition from a life of football to living your regular life again? Oh, it was hard. I actually was hard, hard doesn't even do okay. it justice. Gotcha, like it, gotcha. And I, so uh, in, in the book I'm writing, um, hoping to release it later this year, this is something that I, I touch on in there because you can equate it to an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Like you, you spend so much time in the limelight and people know you for a certain thing. Like, oh, you're Jordan, the football player. Oh, you're Jordan, the Chicago Bears you like that's just who you become but right. it's it's really sad to be honest because it's like okay like that is that is definitely a part of who I am but there's also a Jordan who is not that and there's so right. much more to that Jordan because realistically this about that much of your life is spent being an athlete but you still got that much life left mm -hmm. to live um but not to say it's not possible but more time like this is usually not how it works you spend all of your focus on that tiny time because you want to yeah. be the best possible athlete like you can't be the best possible athlete here if you think about this all the time like exactly. it just is what it is like anything else like if all if you only give a fraction of your focus to something it can only be but so good it'll never be great um that's a fact yeah and that's one of those things where you know it it can be hard to find that balance and as you transition out, you feel that loss of identity because like, okay, well, like I'm not, I'm not Jordan the Chicago Bear anymore. So like, who am I now? Mm -hmm. um, and you have to learn what, what makes you tick, what you care about, what you don't care about, and actually start to do things for yourself because 
I know for me that was a huge thing was I've spent so long, especially as an offensive lineman. Yeah. I've spent so long just protecting everybody else, making sure everybody <laughs> right. else was good. I never right. spent time to make sure I was good. So that's an I interesting way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So like when I sit down, I think about my like, okay, like I know what everybody else wants. I know what makes mm. everybody else feel good. But what does Jordan want? What makes Jordan feel good? And then I'll sit there like, well shit. I really don't know. Right. And you you got to take time to figure that out. But as you do, and I'm still learning it now, it becomes mm-hmm. this whole journey of like self-discovery again. And as you go down that, you also start to find new things about yourself as well. And you can really mold yourself into who you want to be. And there's things that you develop as an athlete that carry you into regular life that I think a lot of guys feel like it can only be used on the field. Right. If you learn how to use it in everyday life, it makes you a fucking superstar. Like it just teaches you how to work with people. Your people are going to naturally gravitate towards you, and you are just that much more impactful when you deal with people. I'm I'm glad that you said that too, because that that was something that I was going to ask. Like, 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 what were some of the things that you could take from being an NFL player that could transition into you being a great person outside of that discipline? But you kind of answered it. Or if you want to expound sure. upon it, you can do that as well. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll give you like two. I'll give you two quick ones. All right, so like, all right. uh, the, the main thing is discipline. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every everybody talks about it, but not everybody has it to a high level. But to be a professional athlete, you have to have an almost otherworldly discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, even to this day, like I don't play football anymore, but when I did play football, my day started at 5 a.m., ended at 10 p.m. It still does years outside of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that discipline is something that no matter what happens in your environment, no matter how it gets shaken up, at the end of the day, you have what it takes to create regiment and find that structure so that that shakeup doesn't affect you long term. Where some people, they never really get over that hump or they just go with the waves and it just becomes a shit show. Yeah. Um, I, I would say another one is uh, uh, passion. Um, I think a lot of people, it's easy to say like you love and you like something, but you can always tell a difference when somebody is really about yeah. something. Like when they talk about it, you just feel it. You're like, yo, uh-huh. like, <laughs> like you make me want to run through a fucking wall right now. Like they just they speak from the heart, and <clears throat> I think in order for somebody to like have a strong sense of passion, you have to have been so, so steeped in something that like literally you ooze it and sports, all sports because every sport, even if it's something like boxing, like it's still, you're still part of a team. Yeah. Um, Like being in a team culture is also huge for that stuff too, because it teaches you how to really care about something, how, how to be, moved by something and how to move other people through how you feel about that no that's a fact okay so let me ask you this one and then we can take a little break after after we answer this question so (laughs) so for for your transition right like from football to going back into regular everyday life like what made that transition a little bit easier for you to do that um i would definitely say oh Oh, I, I asked the good questions, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one, luck, luck and cha- like I luck in the universe doing this thing. Okay. Two, I would say support system. Three, I would say desperation, and that's that's the one I really want to expand yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's going to be interesting. Please do, please do. So when I was in Canada, I didn't know. I felt like my heart wasn't in football anymore. I was like, okay, like yeah, like I'm playing well, but it's not as fulfilling as it used to be to me. Um, and that week as I'm battling saying like, you know, like, I don't know if I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a call from somebody at the NFL legal office talking about somebody had put my name in for a job opportunity there. And I never once thought I could ever work for the league office, but mm-hmm. I took it as a sign from God. I'm like, well, you you mean to tell me the week I'm thinking I'm done with football, I get a potential job opportunity at the NFL league office. Like that doesn't like, that's not, that's not, that's not luck. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's something else. So that's I jumped the universe. On it. <laughs> exactly. So I jumped on it. And um, 
jumped on it and never looked back. And I say support system because throughout all that, like you need people who encourage you because absolutely, it's a giant jump and just it's uncertainty. Like I was in Canada playing football and said, fuck it, I'm going to go back to the States and then move to New York where like, even when I was with the Jets, I didn't live in New York. You're right. Like, you're then right. I'm going to live in New York and work at this place. I've never worked at before in corporate America, which I've never been like that is mm -hmm. a huge, a fucking huge jump. difference from what you've yeah. grown accustomed to. Yeah. Exactly. But um, me feeling like that was God telling me I needed to do that. And then like having people who encouraged me when I felt doubtful helped me to do that. But then also the, the third thing I mentioned, uh, desperation, like for me, I, I still wanted the glory of having been a player, but at mm -hmm. the same time I knew I was like, if I'm not going to play, I can't just go to, uh, I just can't go to a regular job. So I was like, I need to take this opportunity and make something of it. Like I refused to go back to the life I lived before I became an NFL player. Um, obviously like I'm not going to be cutting player checks anymore. Yeah. But, um, just for me, I think about like how I grew up and I like my parents, they tried their best, but I'm like, I want a better life for that than myself because mm -hmm. I got a taste of it as a player. And I knew that this opportunity was a chance for me to reinvent myself and create that lifestyle for myself. So I knew it was like literally I was going to die before I fumbled this bag type deal. Okay. All right. I See, see, I know you see the excitement radiating from my face because this is something I really, really want to dive into. But before we do that, right, we're going to take a little break. So that way we can have all the time in the world to really get into it. All right, that cool? For sure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with more of the How Talk podcast in a short minute. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hollow Talk podcast with Jetpack Nick and my main man, Mr. Jory Morgan. <laughs> so before we left, you know, we, we was talking about this idea of getting a taste of, of, of the limelight and not really wanting to let that go once you transition from, you know, whatever it was that brought you all that limelight and success and everything else that comes with it to live in a, 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 a simpler life, right? So I, I kind of want to get your perspective on, like, what about it is so attractive that you want to continuously have it? Because I've never heard any professional athlete or anybody that's experienced, like, this level of success say, yeah, I've, I've experienced it. And, you know, now I kind of want to just chill. Like, I don't even want to, you know, be in these rooms and, you know, I, I just want to, you know, fade away and live a, a quiet life that I've always heard. Mm -hmm. I, 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 want, I want more of what I had just in a different way. Why is that, you think? For sure. I think I think it's like a it's like a drug because I think it all comes back to ego. OK, uh, it, it, it just fuels everybody, especially as an athlete, let alone like a professional athlete, you have to think of yourself in a much, like a, at a higher level when it comes to like everything. Like you just kind of have to, like you have to walk in a room, walk on the field, walk on the court and be like, I'm literally better than every fucking body else out here. Mm -hmm. I don't know from a can of paint. I know I'm better than them. Like that's, you have to have that mentality to perform well against other elite players, but it also spills into regular life sometimes as well. And that's how a lot of times, like you do see some guys who seem like they're a little full of themselves. Um, I think the admiration that professional athletes get too, because like everybody loves you. Like right. that type of attention does become addicting. It definitely opens doors too. So like there are benefits to it, but it can also be a, a thing where you you just literally are relying on people for that love and attention. Mm -hmm. And um at the end of the day, like we're like we're humans, we're social creatures. Literally, literally everybody wants that, but yeah. famous people get that in insane doses. And you see it sometimes like some famous people, like you find out behind closed doors, like they're they're fucking assholes. And uh not to say that they all are, because some people are down to earth, but like, right, there right. are also some who are just like they think their shit don't stink. Um and it, it can be addicting because it's like power, honestly. Like Think about not having to work hard or even sell yourself because you just have this brand. All you have to do is just show mm -hmm. up and it happens. Like, that's why. Um, I think as you transition out, I think everybody needs to experience a, a bit of ego death, if that makes sense. Yeah, Like absolutely. something that just really humbles you. Like me, as I transitioned out, like I hit rock bottom 
right before I went to go work at the league office. So for me, like, it also became about reinventing myself and understanding that I needed to move on because clinging on to me as a football player wasn't producing anything for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you can still have leverage connections and like the title, whether it's current player, former player still holds some weight, but you have to learn to love the other parts of yourself and see what else life has to offer. Like I, whenever I see guys who, because I was serious at my college, like dudes who like cling on to like when they played and like they, it wasn't like they had like a star studded career. And I'm like, dude, like you, you got to let it go. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Like we, we acknowledge and we respect that it mm. happened, but like you, I'm not trying to see you wear your varsity jacket every day. I don't want you to talk <laughs> about it every time I talk to you. Like you got to move on, bro. Right. Cause there's so much more in life that you are robbing yourself of because you're choosing not to move on. Because mm-hmm. who knows? Like maybe your next thing is literally your best thing. Exactly. And it, and and those previous accomplishments pale in comparison to that. And you wouldn't even know because you're scared to move on. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, like even bringing that just thought process up, I think that that's like something that's shared amongst everybody, like not even just athletes, like mm-hmm. he, like like the, the the popular guy in high school who, you know, who who had all the girls or whatever. Like we're not really trying to hear about what you had. Yeah, we're trying, yeah, we trying to see if you still got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like it's just, they carry a different weight now, carry a different weight. No, absolutely, man. So 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 you transitioning um out of football real quick was you did did you retire like like on your on your own will or was yeah okay Mm -hmm. okay what like what what was the the reason that you just said i'm i'm done with it uh it i just it just didn't feel the same anymore um like i remember when i first got into football i was just in love with competing that way and the matchups and everything but through like the politicking over the years and like not being able to do the things i wanted to do with my professional career I've got to the point where I'm like, okay, like at this point, like I'm not even playing because I love football. Like I'm just mm-hmm. playing for like money or, or playing just for maybe I get another shot to land a big deal with a team. But those were never the reasons I started playing football in the first place. So for me, it just wasn't as impactful. It started to feel more like work and less like fun. Got you. Got you. Cause I, I cause I, I've recently just seen something where, where they said, they said, you know, for, uh, for NFL players to be available for the pension, you had to be in the league for three years or more. Uh, you three years or more, right? I'm I, I'm shy by two games. Rit, what? Mm-hmm. No fucking way. Yeah, and that's the that's uh something that I I actually spoke a lot about at the league office because I'm like, you want players to have this tension at that mark, but like most players don't make it to that yeah, mark. Yeah, about like, two years right before it. So yeah. it's like that. Like, it's, don't worry. Like, don't like dudes are still wow. getting that, and then I'm happy for them. But then like you got a guy like me who is like okay, well, I was there for longer than that time, but I wasn't active that whole time. So I mm. still don't get it, even though I was there longer than that time. It's like, it's crazy. Damn. I See, I, I like, I didn't know it was like that close. Cause you know, I, I you know, I like talking to you, you know, we, we've talked about these things before. So it's like, damn, I didn't know two games. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that was actually why I continued to try to play. Cause I was like, you know, like right before I made the decision yeah. to stop, I was like, I just need two more games, but there's no guarantee somebody will sign you back. Right. So it's like, you can be like, yeah, I need two more games. And then you go like a whole season, not playing for nobody. And now it's like, well, I just wasted a year of my life mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and that was what the way I started to think about that stuff too, was like, I don't have time to just sit here and play this what if guessing game. Oh, maybe it'll work out next year. Like, no, like I need shit to happen now. No, that's a fact. Somebody give my man two games, man. Somebody, right. somebody yeah, get two games. <laughs> let me sign. Let me sign a one day contract. Let me sign a one day contract. I hop on the field. Hop on. Real talk. Okay, so um, you know, in the beginning, you you also mentioned something that you're doing currently, uh, which is the MMA thing. Let, let's mm. get into that. Talk to me about it, man. Yeah, it was really, really random how I fell into his face. My brother was a, a boxer for some years and had okay. my last year playing, he switched to MMA. And um, I remember being in the city because it was off season. And um, I was just driving him around, like looking for a gym, just trying to like help him out. Because I'm like, oh, look, I'm not doing that, but working out, waiting for a camp to start. So I'm like, yeah, like I got you. Um, we find a gym. I get him like 
connected in there. He's like doing his thing. And like after a while, they're like, yo, like you should hop in, like it's a good workout. So like I hopped in for like a class or two and I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. like that was mad fun. Um so then I started to add that type of stuff to my workout. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. like, this is a different type of cardio, different type of conditioning. And I like how it pushes me. So like it's fun. Um, cause my, I feel like the work, I was getting bored with my workouts too. Right. And, um, next thing I know, I retire, I move up to New York and mm -hmm. like, I'm hitting up the dudes from the gym. Cause like some of them are in the USC and I'm like, yo, like, I'm relocating here. Like, do you know if there's any like legit MMA gyms around here? Like, not none of that class card <laughs> kickboxing cardio. I'm like, no, right. like, I'm trying to learn the real shit because like it's hard, mm -hmm. but it's very rewarding and fun. Right. Uh, and that was how I fell in with my gym up here, uh, David Branch Jiu Jitsu, and um, it's really just been a blast. Like, I was in like a I was in a tournament. And I went undefeated in the tournament. I'm getting okay. ready for a fight okay. in the next month or two. Like, uh, and then the crazy part, like, this is the part that be fucking people's heads up is like, so in 21, when I was playing, I was like 330, 335. So that's about a year, year and a half ago. Oh, mm -hmm. year and some change. 335 then, and as of today, I'm 255. So, like, I wow. literally lost like, well, like 80 ish pounds in the past, like, year and some change. Um, yeah, like I was geek. I'm like, damn, I got ads and shit. But no, it's been a it's been a crazy ride. I'm super excited. It it's the thing that started off as a hobby, but I love how much it uh, challenges and pushes me. So now it's kind of be I now honestly similar to football in the sense. I'm like, okay, well, how good can I be? Let's find out. <laughs> Okay, and my man said I got abs and shit. Now I can take mm -hmm. my shirt off at the beach. <laughs> Wait, bro, twenty twenty three looking real shirtless. Okay, so so what like what's your main goals uh, now that you're in the, in this new space of of mixed martial arts? Is it something that you want to you know take take and get to the UFC? Is it just something that you want to do? Oh, oh yeah. So okay. so for me, with anything I do when it comes to competing, my goal is always. To be the best at it like okay i know it sounds cliche and corny but that's literally just like how my brain works it's like if i enter any sort of competition my first thought is like all right how do i beat everybody else like what is <laughs> what i beat everybody else like what do i get for that where do i end up right um so like that is that is definitely a goal for me um but ultimately i'm trying to figure out how to tie uh this book and like train like figuring out like a new identity for mm -hmm. yourself figuring out how to tie it all into one and like market that to former players because there's so much that they have to offer outside of just having played the game of football absolutely um, be it you know as a person as, as a thinker maybe as an athlete and something else like there's like odds are you'll probably retire young because that's just a, that's just mm -hmm. a statistic whether it's on your own terms or not but right it's still so much more in life you can do and I'd argue that you have a better shot at doing a lot of things than other people because you were a former professional athlete like you you have that title you have the athletic ability um I can't speak for every sport because I've only played football right right <laughs> and football like the the playbooks you have to learn like day one install like you got you got to know like fucking 10 pages 20 yeah. pages of shit but it's a lot of brain power yeah, like your ability to process and even on the field, like the same way you see a quarterback stare at a defense for two seconds and make a myriad of calls based off mm -hmm. of what he saw in those two seconds, like that that cerebral processing power is not not a normal thing. Like right. That's like that's like surgical type shit. Um and learning how to take that and use it in other things in life to your benefit, like that's the key right there. And I wanna I want to continue to figure out the best way to market that to guys in that field, because I think it's something that we all need. Like, I wish I would have had somebody telling me those things when I was going through it, figuring it out it made my life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it, it's like coming on a platform like this, the hollow talk podcast, right. You can, you get to unapologetically talk about these things and, you know, be able to share things that you would, you know, normally talk about amongst your select group of people or whatever, but being able to 
provide these gems for people and let them hear the, these thought processes and these experiences, you know, hopefully it allows them a chance to kind of see inside and see these different perspectives and be able to, to not only learn about it, but then begin to relate to it, which I guess helps with your idea of marketing these ideas and thoughts to other people. So exactly. you know, shout out to the Hollow Talk Podcast. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to the Hollow Talk Podcast. So so real quick, before I get you out here, is there any questions you want to ask me? It could be anything, like whatever you want to know. Talk to me, talk to me about the Hawaii sign behind you, bro. Because I've I've been staring at that this the whole Hawaii time. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh so I mean it ain't it ain't nothing crazy. Like my dad just worked in Hawaii and brought it back. <laughs> I, I respect that, bro. I respect that. That uh, when I used to travel, one of my that was like my thing is like I was like I gotta get something from a place and bring yeah. it back to my crib just because like it, it just it looked different, it feel different, mm-hmm. it smell different. It's just like a, it's like a slice of somewhere else. It just makes it mad unique. No, that's a fact. You know, I, actually, we can actually talk about that because you know, for for me, like I, I've traveled a few different places. And you know what, whenever I go, I always make it my mission to to ingratiate myself in wherever I decide to go or whatever place I'm wind up for vacation or whatever the case may be. You know, for just sure. learning about different people, different cultures, you know, different languages, different styles of dress, you all should, these types of should. things are amazing. You know, so but but like the, the point I'm getting to is like for you, like you you travel to all these different cities, states, and you know, I'm not I'm not sure if you travel like internationally or anything like that, but you know, like you you travel more than the average person is what I'm saying so <laughs> yeah no it's uh I think that's part of what uh also helped build that desperation up for me that I was talking about earlier because I'm like yo this is what life is about like life is more than just that same eight block radius in Philly like I'm like I was like in, in fucking uh like I was on the islands I've been like on a few different islands like uh south before and I'm like yo I'm literally on a, a beach with white sand with my toes in it, just drinking a drink and have to really hardly anybody here speaks English. Like, but everybody's just like vibing, doing their own thing. Yeah. Like I want to be able to experience shit like that more often. Not to the point where I'm doing it every fucking week. Like I ain't, I ain't that boozy, but like, <laughs> once a year, maybe yeah. twice a year, if we're doing really well, I'm like, yeah, like I would love to fucking do that. Like, and everybody should experience that because it just changes your perspective. Like that shit made me go into like, like grind state like i'm like yeah bro we gotta we gotta make it happen any type of way so we can continue to do shit like this you know and and you know j- j- you know i always gotta you know speak everything into the universe but that's why i i do the hollow talk podcast and all the other things that i do because at some point you know making all these wonderful connections i've made with all these amazing people we're gonna get some opportunities to it's do some really big you. shit it's gonna <laughs> pop for you bro it's gonna pop you know, like, and, and you know, ha- having you on and all, all the other guests I've had on on the previous seasons, like it, it's been amazing to not only have you all come on here and talk to me and, you know, be open to, to talk about your, your your feelings, your thought processes, your life experiences and anything else that you guys decide to talk about. But it's dope that you're doing it with me and feel comfortable enough to do it in my space and on my platform, because like I tell everybody else, it's not too many places where we could go and be open and have these mm-hmm. types of conversations mm-hmm. and people be able to understand and, 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 and have a conversation with you that makes sense and all, all these types of things, like all these little nuances that we think about as we go through everyday life. So at least I'm able to, you know, make you all feel comfortable enough to come do that and make it enjoyable enough to be like, yeah, I like this guy. I want to talk to him yeah, some you're more. Good, you're, good, you're good people, bro. You're, you're great vibes. You're you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, like, like well, we met in real life, too. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's different. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm outside, man. International Nick. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. Let's go. That boy outside. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Jetpack Nick for a reason. I travel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm a rapper. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, but, man, I, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot, man. Um, you know, I really want to thank you for coming on and talking to me thoroughly thoroughly appreciate it and you know i i congratulate you on all the things that you got going on and all the things that you will continue to have going on um before i really get you out of here though you know it's customary to the hot talk podcast man can you please drop three gems for the people to take away from this conversation for sure uh let's start with don't sell yourself short believe that you can be Everybody has that person who look like, man, like, I wish I was that guy. 
you can be that guy, bro. You For just sure. have to believe. You just have to believe it and pull the trigger on it. Um, another one I would say is lean on your support system. I know, especially mm-hmm. like us as black men, it yes. can be hard sometimes because like we ain't always brought up thinking that. But if you got somebody you can talk to about hard shit, talk to them about the hard shit. Like you keeping that inside. Is only making it worse for you and everybody involved because it's gonna it's gonna make you boil, you boil, you boil over, and now you're spilling on everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's bad for everybody. Uh, third one I would say is uh, make connections and stay in touch with people, man. That's how we on the podcast. Uh, all right, <laughs> come on now, come on now. <laughs> yo, saying my boy was like, yo, I heard you doing some hot shit. I need to be a part of it. Come on, brother, come on. <laughs> No, real talk, man. Um, can 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 the people find you anywhere like social medias or for sure, for sure. Drop all um, that. Drop all that. So for uh, so Instagram, obviously Instagram is mad mad popular, mad famous. The Instagram is just Jordan's Jordans, simple okay. and concise, right to the point. Uh, LinkedIn, Jordan Morgan, hit me on there too, as I continue to build out what this business will look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anybody you want to shout out? Anything you want to shout out? Promote whatever. I'm I'm, I'm giving you the floor, man. <laughs> For sure, no. We uh, we 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 got we got into a lot of it today. Uh, be on the lookout for my book later this year. Hoping to release it before the summer. Still got to finalize the title. That's the the title. Be the hardest part, man. I That's swear. a fact. Because <laughs> you, you want it to grab everybody's attention, but mm-hmm. it, you want it to be cool, not corny. So it's, it's a fine line. Um. So yeah, be on the lookout for the book. Uh, be on the lookout for the fight news. Looking to have that up in the next month or so. And uh, that's really all I got. All right, cool, man. Well, listen, I, again, I really, truly thank you and appreciate you, man. I thank you for reaching out to me and, and even wanting to come on and come talk to me. Like, that that was that was, that was a big moment for me. If, if, I, if I could take some time to big you up for doing that for me, like, you, that, that, was, that was a big moment for me because you, you know how, to, how people always say, like, you know, you never know what, what rooms your name is being spoken in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I always try to carry myself in, in a genuine manner when it comes to you know, my interactions with people. I try to be myself in every interaction, every room that I walk in and hope that that reputation, you know, precedes me in, in every other room that people may bring my name up in. And yeah, that happened to be man. the case. <laughs> exactly. So let, let this be let this be the proof in the pudding. Like exactly. this, that's real. That's a real thing. You know, so so for that, I, I just wanted to, you know, say thank you for, you know, reaching back out to me and, you know, showing love and showing support to me, you know, and sure, uh, allowing me opportunity to, you know, hey, hey, you tell your story on my platform. <laughs> for sure, bro. I appreciate <laughs> you, know? you. Yeah. So, you know, for that, that's all love, bro. Seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, I just want to say thank you to the Howl Talk podcast listeners and supporters for supporting us through and through. Um you know, we got the new season up and running. Uh, you know, shouts out to that season five. <laughs> um, also, man, prayers up to my guy Demar Hamlin, man. You know, right. we always gotta say that. Uh, you know, so support to him and support to everybody else involved, his family. And thank you to you, man. Thank you to Mr. Jordan Morgan, the legend himself. <laughs> my God. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, we're gonna sign out. Love and appreciate y'all, and thank you, my brother. Appreciate you, bro. You have hey. a good one. Hey everybody, this is Jetpack Nick and you just listened to another episode of the Hollow Talk Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, topic ideas, or you yourself would like to be a guest on the Hollow Talk Podcast, you can reach us at our email, thehollowtalkpodcast at gmail.com and across all social media platforms at the Hollow Talk Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and remember to make your mark in a world designed to inspire the dreamers.